ادب نمبر انیس سالک کو چاہیے کہ کرامات کا طالب نہ ہو اگر کرامت سرزد بھی ہو جائے تو اسے اپنے عیوب کی مانت چھپائے اور اپنا امتحان سمجھے ادب نمبر نائنٹین ٹریولر آن دس پیتھ آن دا سیکر آف دا پلیجر آف اللہ سبحانہ و تعالیٰ شوڈ ناٹ make the object of their desire that a miracle should happen or occur to them. If even a miracle were to happen, then they should hide it in the same way they hide their flaws and faults, and they should view the occurrence of this miracle as a test and an imtihan for them. This word karamat, plural karamat. So there's karamat and there's mu'jaza. Mu'jaza is the word in Arabic used for the miracles of the Anbiya and those come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a proof of their nubuwa as a proof of their prophethood and prophecy and they are also khilaf adat they are also extraordinary Karamat is the Arabic word again in English it can still be called miracle But that is for something that occurs to or befalls or happens to the awliyaullah. And that is also khilaf alat. Kalamat awliya is something that all of the ulama of Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah agree upon. The occurrence of them, including Imams Ibn Taymiyyah and Imam Ibn Qayyim al-Jazeerah. What does a kalamat mean? By khilafi adat it means it's something that was not normally obtainable through the asbab that Allah subhanahu wa has put in this world. So what does that mean? There are two levels that are operating. One is that level that is taht al-asbab. And then there's another level that is focal asbab. So taht al-asbab means you can say the laws of physics, the laws of nature and the laws of gravity. And focal asbab means the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kun fayakun be and it becomes. So example of the mu'jazat of the anbiya. So when Nimrud put Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi into the fire, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered that that fire should become cold. That was a mu'jaza for Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi That was focal asbab. Sayyidina Isa alayhi cured the blind and made them see again. Sayyidina Isa alayhi cured the leper and made his skin and made him whole again. Alright, okay. Now you will find that the Anbiya, there are some things that happen to the Anbiya that are based on their Nubuat, and there are some things that happen to the Anbiya that are based on their Wilayat. There is every Nabi is also a Wali. So one example we can give you is Sayyidina Ayyub salam. Now when Sayyidina Ayyub comes, and we haven't done it yet in the Torah, but it's coming, in Quran al-Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa mentions this incident of how Allah subhanahu wa afflicted him with an intense illness. Crazy illness. And that wasn't part of his nubuwat, and that was his wilayat. What does that mean? It's not part of Imam al-Bani Mujallah Fassanabtai has written in detail as maktubah about the nubuwat of the Anbiya and the wilayat of the Anbiya. This was not part of his prophetic mission, his prophecy. This wasn't part of him calling people to Allah subhanahu wa This was something else that happened. This was part of his wilayat. And then when you come to it in Quran, then one by one everybody started leaving him until only his wife was remaining. 
and that eventually his wife also found it difficult and even she abandoned him. But he had sabr. Allah for such an amount of sabr one cannot even imagine. He's a Nabi of Allah SWT, but he had so much sabr. Then Allah SWT says that we gave him back his ahl. وَوَهَبْنَاهُ أَهْلَهُ وَمِثْلَهُ وَأَهَا رَحْمَةً مِنْ إِنْدِنَا وَتَذْكِرَ لَأُولَ الْأَلْبَابِ And indeed we bestowed upon him, we returned to him his ahl and another one, <laughs> Allah, he can mean many things, right? رَحْمَةً مِنْ إِنْدِنَا وَتَذْكِرَ لَأُولَ الْأَلْبَابِ As a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as a lesson and a reminder and a counsel and advice for the people of soft hearts and spiritual insight and understanding. So this was part of his wilayah. Therefore you will find that the awliyaullah, sometimes people don't understand that they see in history, they read the books or they've heard mention of Sufiya. And so for example you will hear that one Sufi, he walked on water his Shaykh was standing on the river watching him go. Shaykh was waiting for the ferry and Sufi was walking on water. Allahu Akbar. Afan hmm. hmm. So, and then some people wonder, Sahaba Akram didn't do this, right? Sahaba Akram didn't do this because they had the wilayat of the Anbiya. Some of the Oliya did this because they had the wilayat of the Oliya. The wilayat of the awliya is lower than the wilayat of the anbiya. The wilayat of awliya resembles more what happens to... The, how can I put it to you this way? Nabuat of the anbiya. Next is wilayat of the anbiya. And next is wilayat of the awliya. Sahaba Ikram, they were people who were close to the nabuat of the anbiya because they were the sahaba of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu even they, there are some things mentioned in hadith, say, no, Umar wasn't heard the news from the army legions or thousands of miles away. He stamped on the ground, was there an earthquake, and he told the ground, stop moving, stop moving. So don't think it's not there. It's there in absolute accurate reports. But some of the more fantastic tales that you hear in some of the books of the Sufiya, that's because their reliant was closer to these khilafi other things that happened to the anbiya, which wasn't part of their nabuat, wasn't their mu'tiza, but was part of their karamat. Khair. Obviously these adab were originally written by Shaykh Abd al-Wahab al-Sha'rani, ta'ala. And uh, that was a different time. Right? That was a different time. But the adab does mean, that you shouldn't be seeking. And which is karamat sarzad ho jai. Sometimes karamat also means obtaining something by which means there's no asbab. So there's one type of such karamat that you should aspire to. And that is husul taqwa without doing the asbab for it. Husul sabr without doing the required zikr for it. That is the karamat that is coming in this day and age. In other words, there should have been a certain amount of zikr, a certain amount of mujahadat nafs, a certain amount of mukhalafat nafs, 
a certain amount of riyadat and nafs nawafil ibadat that should have been done before a person got a certain level of tawbah and taqwa. And in this day and age, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's the karamat that He gives to the Sufiya of today. And that's a much better karamat to have. <laughs> that He bestows these ahwal and kifiyat on the Sufiya of today when they haven't actually made full use of the asbab for that. Take it? But if, getting back to the other, if somebody had experience of filafi al karamat, what does that mean? So let's say some lesser things like that could mean, for example, not having to sleep, for being able to go without sleep for 48, 72, etc. hours. Could mean that you were traveling somewhere and you haven't been able to take a shower for four or five days. You should be smelly, but you're not, right? These type of things a person shouldn't feel that oh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent some special. Karam and Fazl on me and I'm some special super select um, friend of Allah subhanahu wa they should just ignore it, sideline it, they should not even notice it. It should not even come on their radar. And if it comes on their radar, they should be so embarrassed of it as they embarrassed of their ayub. Elsewhere Hadhaji has said, Ke Oliya apne karamat ko istana chapatate, ke awam nas apne gunham ko chapatate. Yanto ayub likai. Awliya Allah apne karamat ko aise chupate the jis tarah awam nas apne gunah ko chupate the an imtihan it's an imtihan in particularly this way that if something happens to a person then it's a test to see whether they will have some ujub whether they will feel some vanity conceit self praise congratulate themselves view themselves as something Adva number B. Salak pachayye ke ahle dunya se hargiz meil jo na rakhe fukara ki sobat ikhtiyar kare. Adva number 20 befits the traveler on this path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he should he must he must make sure not to interact deeply with the people who love this world and people who are materialistic in their outlook. Instead, he should try to keep the comp- he should adopt the company of the people who are poor and not interested or of this world. Ahle dunya, what does ahle dunya mean? Ahle dunya doesn't necessarily mean the people who have dunya. One thing is to have dunya in your pocket, and the second is to have love for dunya in your heart. So by ahle dunya, it means that don't spend time with the people who have love for the dunya. Because you will see if you spend time with people who they love this dunya all they're worried about is their next business their next property deal their next promotion their next car their next house etc and it will rub off on you it's such a thing that is so contagious and even a salik azakir has to protect himself from this this is why Sayyidina Rasulullah said in the Sahih Sahih Hadith Hubb dunya ra'sa kulli khati'ah That love for the world is the source, root cause of all evil, of all flaws, of all sins. So it has a very powerful effect. Instead, what should a person do is a person should spend more time with the fuqara. 
In other words, it means for people like you in your class, you should feel more at home and more comfortable with the Talaba and the Madrasa than you do with the rest of the burger mummy daddy crowd. Hmm? And if you still feel some ajnabiyat with the Talaba, with the true Talaba, I mean, some of the Madaris don't have the level of Tarbiyat that maybe they should, but if you sit with the true Talaba, with the Madaris, they're fuqara, they're not even thinking. Dunya is the furthest thing from their mind. Actually, if you think about it, the Madaris are quite an amazing thing. Every parent, especially in this society, every parent who sends his son there, he knows, everybody knows that this society, koi ahmiyat ne deta, moldiko. Any arm madrasa ke jafarak tasil hai, arm mulana ke koi ahmiyat ne, koi izzat ne, koi ikram ne, koi dunya ke oda, tanha, kuch ne. But still, they send their children to the madrasa. Why? It's one of the most shining examples of khalis tawakkal Allah. Complete trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And many of the talab are like that. This much I can tell you that maybe not all the talab ilms have great tarbiyat, right? There's a whole range like any, like universe, like any group. But one thing I'll tell you, if you sit with them, yes, maybe they're not all praying to Hanjad, but none of them talk about dunya. This I can tell you from my experiences. I can't even think of ek talab ilmne kabhi mere saamne mujse bhi nahi mere saamne kisi se bhi dunya ki baat ke. They're completely oblivious to dunya. Oblivious. They're not thinking about that type of stuff. So that's what it means to be fuqara. Khair fuqara also means, the way you can also be fuqara is that you don't have love or attraction for the world, you don't have hubbid dunya, you don't have materialism in your heart. Irrespective of how much of the dunya you may have in your pocket. Adam number 21. Salah ko chahiye ke maut ko kasrat se yaad karein. Usse dunya se be ta'luki paida hoti hai. Adam number 21, it befits a traveler on this path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he should think about and remember death abundantly, excessively. Excessively. Should think about death, death itself and his own death. Death itself, the inevitability of dying and the fact that one day he himself will die and be dead. He should think about that abundantly and excessively because by means of remembering and reflecting upon death abundantly and excessively, he will now, he will be able to sever his ties from this material world. He won't be so attracted to the dunya when he realizes he's going to leave it. Right? Many, many hadith of Nabi Akrim um the merit, fazail, merits, virtues and benefits of remembering death. So much so that other mashayikh, not, not in our sunsala, but in other sunsalas, in chishti sunsala, they do something called muraqabai mot. And what do they do? They sit there and they met, what says they muraqaba, they close their eyes and imagine they've died. And they imagine the whole process. They imagine that somebody's coming, somebody's turning them, doing ghusl of them, somebody's coming and wrapping them with a kafan, somebody's picking them up and putting them on a charpai, Somebody's lifting up that charpai and taking it to the janazaga. Somebody is standing and watching over them and they're making rules. Then they're praying janaza over them. Then somebody's picking them up again. Then they're being taken to the cemetery. Then they're dropped at the cemetery. 
then they're being lowered into the cemetery, then Mitti is being, earth is being dropped on top of them to the cemetery. Then they imagine that one by one by one everybody leaves the cemetery, then Munkar and Nakir enter into my grave. On Kayyim Rakabotai, it's called Murakabai Mot. Kamaya Neuta Kamata. Kamaya Neuta Kamata Nin Apta Nikarna. Huh? That's what it means. Take it? But Vesame Akumata. Have a son? I'm Khalif Mekshabundi. So much again? But how Imam Ghazairimullah in his 40 books of Ihyal al-Madin he's written one entire one of those 40 books on this issue remembrance of death and preparation for the Akhirah how should a person remember death one sunnah is to visit the cemetery and the graveyard this makes a person remember death second is to participate in ghusl in janazah in tadfeen right this will also make a person remember death Third is not the formal process that I told you, but sometimes to just sit and reflect, not as a formal marakma, but to sit and reflect upon this fact that I'm going to die one day. And especially for us, that to think about the ahwal of yawm al-qiyamah, to think about standing in front of Allah subhanahu on the Day of Judgment, to think what is it that I'm going to bring to Allah subhanahu on the Day of Judgment. What would happen if I was to die tomorrow? What if I'm one of those young men who gets into an accident? Hmm? What if I'm one of those young men who all of a sudden has some sudden illness? And we keep hearing about such young men. Every one or two years, there's always somebody in their 20s who passes away. Every year, other of the years, some lumps get passes away through some accident, air crash, something or the other. Right? Just I actually saw an email a few months ago. I don't know, somebody... Something happened to some one of those kids, right? Are we ready? Are we ready to meet Allah SWT? You can just think like this for students. Imagine that you sit, you thought that you had three months to prepare for the final exam. And you thought that when you got the final exam, you would have three hours to do it. Imagine somebody gives you the final exam tomorrow. And just as you start writing it in five minutes, they take it back from you. Then what would you do? You would get an F. You would get an F. If they gave you the exam tomorrow, and then after ten minutes they just took it back. So it means if we're not ready, if we pass away before we're ready, we should be scared of meeting Allah's bounty in such a state that we haven't prepared. So actually life is not meant to be lived this life on earth is simply a preparation ground for the next life. That life is a life that is meant to be lived. That life is a life worthy of living. This life is just preparation. Now, along that preparation, so you do a little bit of living on the side. But the real function and purpose of our life in this world is to prepare for our life in the Akhirah. So the more and more we remember death dying, day of judgment, akhira, then the less and less a person is attracted to this world. The benefit this has from the sadiq is that a lot of the distractions a person has from zikr has to do with this world. The more and more he remembers death, the less and less SSE becomes the be-all and end-all of his life. The lab and projects will no longer be the be-all and end-all of his life. 
because he knows the beyond and all of my life is preparation for the akhir. But the less he remembers death, then he will have what we call tunnel vision. He will be thinking about this semester, this year, the next two years, what am I going to do after graduation? I'm not saying don't think about that at all, but it should be. Everything should be given its relative weight, everything should be given its due importance relative to other things that may actually have more importance.